Welcome to One More Time, a Wind Band podcast. I'm Stephen Cohn, and today we're going to talk about auditions. Stressful for some, and an enjoyable experience for others, but something we have all prepared for and gone through at some point in our time in band. As someone that's not actually a music major in college, my, my audition stories maybe aren't as excessive as other people's, but one that really sticks out in my mind is when I auditioned to be in the Marching Illini before my freshman year of college, and I sent in a video audition, which I had never done before. So I did it like three or four times. I sent in the best one, and I just hoped for the best. And it was a very different experience than seeing actually someone uh, grading my audition there in person. It was just me sending in a video and saying, here's what I got. And obviously it went well, but still a very stressful time. And uh, we're going to hear some stories from people today about their auditions. But today, we're going to first hear from Scott Schwartz, the director of the Sousa Archive and Center for American Music, and today's From the Archive. This year's monthly programming is Tall Tales and Musical Souvenirs, live from the Sousa Archives. Here we have the director of the Sousa Archives, Scott Schwartz. Hi, Daniel. Great to be here. Got ourselves some great stories. Let's talk about Sousa. I've heard that because of A.A. Harding's close working relationship with Sousa, he could recommend a talented student for Sousa's band. Could you tell us about any of those students, Scott? Yeah, I mean, um, there are quite a few. Um, one that stands out is John Jacob Mounts, um, who graduated from Decatur High School and enrolled at the University of Illinois as a mechanical engineering student in 1920, and he also played French horn in the Illinois Concert Band under the direction of A. Austin Harding. Mounts left the University of Illinois in January of 1923 without finishing his degree and moved to Chicago to continue studying French horn under Leopold Egbert de Marais of the Chicago Civic Orchestra. Later that year, Harding recommended Mounts to John Philip Sousa, as he often did for former students who had shown great talent in musicianship. In September of 1923, Mounts was invited to join the Sousa band by the band manager, Jay Sims, and he toured with the Sousa band between October 1923 and 1924. Now, I might add, this is unusual, Mounts never actually auditioned wow. for the Sousa Band, but nevertheless, based on the recommendation from Harding, he also did not have to have a, a personality interview with a couple of the bandsmen to see whether or not he was the proper fit for the band, which I find quite striking. Um, think about it. Um, here we have a young kid who hasn't even graduated um, who can play the hell out of a French horn and um, Harding writes basically March of 1923, Dear Mr. Sousa, in case you need to fill any vacancies in your horn section for the coming season, I would like to recommend Mr. John J. Mounts, 1049 Dockin Street, Chicago, Illinois. 
Mr. Mounts was until recently a member of my first band playing first horn. He is now studying with Mr. Demeray, first horn of the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. He is talented, a conscientious and faithful worker, and has had considerable experience. I believe that if he was given the opportunity, he would make good in your band. Trusting that your coming tour will be as successful and profitable as usual, and with kindest regards, I am very truly yours. A. Austin Harding. Now that's March of 1923. In September, actually the 11th of 1923, John receives a telegram from J. Sims. Basically, he said, third horn open for you to join Sunday, October 7th, New York City. Uniform costs 40 and you have to pay your own fares to New York. Band returns you to New York at the end of the tour, March 8th. Wire me if you wish to come. On September 13th, Jay Sims sent another telegram to John and reads, Mailed yesterday contracts, route sheets, and other details. Will you look up Herbert Henning, a trombone player, pupil of Will Beckett, who lives at 59 East Van Buren Street, and advise me if he is of the proper personality and ability an American suitable for this band. So not only has he hired John two days before, but now is asking him for a recommendation on another player and is he suitable for the band? More stories from Sousa. We have wonderful music in our collections and I look forward to many more tall tales, humorous jokes, and a few important facts about John Philip Sousa and his band. For this edition of Two Minute Rehearsal Techniques, we have Dr. Delaney Chapman, an assistant professor in music education at Florida Atlantic University. Dr. Chapman previously earned her doctorate at the University of Texas, Austin. I gave a talk this past summer with a friend of mine, uh, and we talked, we presented on beginning band techniques and all things beginning band. And what we did is we, we made sure that the main tenet of this talk was that everything that we do in beginning band is about musicianship and that habit formation begins right on day one. We think it's very important that a beautiful sound and beautiful playing is the goal at any age but particularly with younger players because they haven't been doing it and they have no idea what it takes physically or mentally to get to that point. And it takes a great deal of tenacity and patience on the part of both the teacher and the student in order to make this happen. So if we're talking about having a vision of our students as accomplished learners and as accomplished musicians, then we really have to bring it back all the way to day one. 
And I don't mean just necessarily day one that they walk in your room, although that's important too as well because they need to know how to come into the room and to get set up because they don't really have any idea how to do that. But I'm talking about day one that they, the minute that we put the instrument in their hand, what is it exactly that we want them to take away from day one? And we want them to take away that that's when that habit formation begins. So instead of using just the same method book every time, I like to tell my students to mix up the different ideas of the different method books because no one method book has covered it all, at least not in my experience. And I like to supplement these method books, and I have my uh, method students do this at the, at the university, supplement it with the Habits of Musicianship, which is a free download, um, and you can Google that and, and find that. And that gives a lot of different melodies that we can actually have them start to behaving and acting like musicians from day one. With a new school semester starting up comes auditions for concert and athletic bands. Today we're going to highlight a few University of Illinois students who were preparing for their auditions, as well as speak with Dr. Anthony Messina, the first year assistant director of athletic bands at Illinois, who is also a new co-executive producer for this podcast. Hello, my name is Lydia Latham. I am a euphonium player and this is my sophomore year. Uh, I've been playing my instrument since I was in fifth grade. I haven't done the math. How many years is that? Uh, today, I play, prepared the second movement of a piece by Capuzzi. The second movement is called Rondo. I played it for in my freshman year, my first jury ever at college. So it kind of means a lot to me because I put a lot of work into it. So I'm kind of excited to play it again for somebody. As far as like how I am for my audition, I'm not super nervous, but anytime like with any audition, like you kind of get like a little like, oh, what if I suddenly forget how to play my instrument? So overall, I'm not very nervous. I'm just hoping I will do well and I will try my best. My name is Elizabeth Fanella. I play the French horn. Um, I've been playing for 11 years. Um, so. Today I auditioned on, I played two major scales and a chromatic, um, and then I played Sarabend and Gabbat, which is my Corelli. Um, so I went through all the scales um, quite a few times, and um, I've actually played this solo before, so when I was preparing it for the first time, I um, kind of slowed down the tempos a little bit, um, and I worked out any like eighth note runs that I had to do. Hi, I'm Jack Kelly, and I've been playing trumpet for nine years. For the basketball band audition, I'm playing the 11th characteristic study from the Arbenz book, and I prepared this piece by practicing it many times over the summer this year. Hi, my name is Lauren Schistler, and I play the trumpet. I've been playing for 10 years now, and for this ad audition, I have prepared a jazz etude, and I practiced it over the summer by listening to other songs in a similar style and working a lot with the metronome. And I'm feeling pretty good about this audition. I feel really prepared, so I hope it goes well. No, I don't really feel very nervous right now. I'm, I, I feel well prepared. So now that you've heard from some of the students' perspectives on going into an audition, I'm going to talk with first-year assistant director of athletic bands, Dr. Anthony Messina, at the University of Illinois. And we're going to have a two-part conversation. The first part's going to be about going into the audition process. And I feel like the best way to kind of go into this conversation is to tell a story. So do you have any good stories from your time auditioning or going into that kind of uh, setting? Yeah, I mean, going into a pressure situation is always tough. Um, the one that comes to mind is um, during my uh, undergraduate degree, um, 
going into my uh, first couple of juries where I had to go perform at the end of a semester of lessons and uh, it's very nerve-wracking going in front of you know applied faculty I did my degree in Metro Detroit um, and so the applied faculty at my school Wayne State University um, were all members of the Detroit Symphony so that's that's very nerve-wracking um, and so um, you know for me walking into that room I remember my hand hands getting all clammy and uh, my mouth kind of getting dry and um, and you know it just comes down to I think preparation at that point you know like hoping that you're well enough prepared that you can survive all of those. So when a student, a high school, a college student's auditioning for an ensemble it, even if they're prepared those those moments of nerves still show up what can they do to kind of downplay those or avoid them altogether? So I think there's a couple of things, you know, before, like I said, preparation, knowing the music inside and out, um, and being able to play it in any and all conditions. Um, one of the stories that comes to mind from high school is um, I had a solo and ensemble festival and came down with, um, I think I had like a 102 degree fever and still went and played my solo and then immediately crashed after and so luckily I was um, in a situation that I knew the music well enough and had prepared. Um, there are a couple of other tips that I've picked up from teachers along the way. Um, one of the ones is to eat an orange before um, performing because the citrus um, activates the saliva in your mouth and so it helps prevent dry mouth when you when you get nervous. Um, the other one that I learned was um, to actually run up and down some stairs mm -hmm. with, during your practice and then sit down and play your um, performance piece or your audition music um, because that kind of simulates what it's like to be out of breath or to when you're you know when your heart's kicking in um, that kind of simulates that experience and it's not all it's not all about nerves when it comes to auditioning it's also the music that you choose to play so what advice do you have for someone that's trying they have a choice of anything to play how should they make that choice I think you want to show off uh, your skills in the best manner possible. So choose music that is gonna do that, including, you know, it's it's gonna sit well under your fingers in terms of technique. It's gonna show off your best, most beautiful sound, um, and give you opportunity to, um, you know, be a good musician and um, and really play musically. And then the last thing for preparing to audition, what's the most important thing when someone is choosing a song? that they should be focusing on in that preparation process? Is it tone? Is it uh, technique or fingerings? What is the number one thing? Uh, I, I don't know. For me, the answer to that is all of the above. Um, you know, if you choose a piece that's going to show off your sound but is way too difficult for you in terms of technique, then um, that's going to be something that I take into consideration there. Um, or if you play something incredibly technical, and, but the tone isn't very good. That's, you know, again, something that I'm going to take into consideration there. Um, so finding that balance um, of what is going to show off my best tone, what is my best technique, um, and, and just highlighting those things is going to make you the most successful in your audition. So choose things that give you opportunity for musicianship. Um, and that's going to be, that might not be, you know, playing the most difficult thing that you can possibly get. 
Um, that might be, say, playing something that's uh, you know, not necessarily easy, but uh, not as demanding as, say, you know, whatever the hardest piece for your instrument is. Um, and then bringing that in very well prepared and stopping and thinking about it and slowing it down, finding where are, um, you know, where should I breathe? Where are the musical moments? Where am I going to crest this phrase? It really sticks out to me uh, a lot when someone takes, uh, takes the time to to think about the musicianship and the performance of that piece and not just, oh, I can play all the notes and rhythms. And now we're going to interrupt our stories for some announcements about Illinois bands. The Marching Illini will have two performances at the Illinois Marching Band Championships at Memorial Stadium on October 20th with 42 Illinois high school marching bands competing. The MI will also hold Dad's Day during the Illini's November 3rd game versus Minnesota and Illinois Wind Symphony will have a concert in the Krannert Center's Follinger Great Hall on November 4th with a program that includes Catherine Salfetter's Cathedrals and John Harbison's Olympic Dances, as well as other pieces. The Wind Orchestra will also be performing at McCracken Middle School on November 6th and perform Goldman's Illinois March and Carolyn Bramer's Early Light. A reminder that Illinois Bands now live streams all of its concerts. You can watch these live streams by liking us on Facebook or in watching there or by going to the Illinois Bands website at bands.illinois.edu. The stream will appear on our front page just before the concert begins. And please remember that all times given are in Central Standard Time. Now we'll head back to our story on auditions and find out what went well and what could have gone better for the students we talked to and hear from Dr. Messina on what he looks for in an audition. So I think overall it, it went pretty well. It wasn't one of the best auditions I ever did, but I think no matter like who you are and like how many times in an audition, you're always going to find things that you're n proud of and not so proud of. Um, so overall I think it went okay. I did what the best I could do in the moment and what's done is done and what will happen in the future will happen. Um, as far as what I would do differently, and I guess maybe kind of what I would suggest to other people who go to auditions, is really take the time to not be in your head and freak yourself out. Because I think that's where 99% of mistakes come from. Because every single mistake that I made in that room is something that I had never made before. And that all chops up to like nerves, and that chops up to, or comes up to like just, overthinking things so next time I'm definitely going to try to be more relaxed with it. Um, before the audition I was a little nervous I wish I had prepared um, for like longer in advance um, but after I felt pretty good um, I knew the auditioner so it was not as nerve-wracking. I probably spent a little um, longer preparing um, just kind of starting more in advance. Um, I don't think the audition went awful Def definitely could have gone better I feel like I say that for all auditions, but um, for next time, uh, more air would probably help me. I fell off a bunch of notes, and more air and more focused air, I guess. Um, I thought my audition went uh, pretty well. Um, it was as I expected, and something I would do different next time is I would audition before marching line at rehearsal instead of after, because now my face is a little bit tired, and I probably would have sounded better if I auditioned before. So now you've heard from the auditioners uh, how they think their audition went. Now we're going to talk about it from Dr. Messina's side and point of view. So when you are judging an audition, what's, what, what are the things you're looking for? So yeah, I think I touched on it a little bit a second ago of, uh, you know, I'm listening for first and foremost a musical performance. 
um, to a certain extent, you know, notes and rhythms can be taught. And so, um, um, if if there's a good musical instinct there, then that is something that really sticks out to me. But that being said, I'm also looking for attention to detail. I'm looking for someone who has taken the time to slow the music down and make sure that you know all of the things are under their fingers and that they're playing with a beautiful sound. Um, you know, I, I different people tend to gravitate towards different elements, whether that's tone, technique, intonation, um, those types of things. Um, and you know, so my what I look for is going to be different than say what someone else would look for. Um, but you know, taking the time to actually sit down and make sure that you're playing in tune with yourself. Um, you know, making sure that from interval to interval that you uh, have sat down with the tuner and figured those things out on your instrument are important. Um, I think it's important to pay attention to articulation and style and musicality. Um, and I also think it's important to um, to really, you know, make sure that you've taken the time to work on tone uh, as well and in playing with a beautiful sound always. And I know I've been in auditions before where I've uh, maybe flubbed a, f a couple of notes, then I have to go back and start. Would you rather have them stop and try to restart or keep going through a mistake? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And, you know, at the end of the day, we are a performance art that happens in time. So I prefer that you just keep going because things happen, things come up. And if, if you are able to recover and keep going and still have an excellent audition or performance, that is a bit more meaningful to me than someone who has to start and re uh, stop and restart it. Um, so yeah, so work through those things because that's, I th you know, I think that's one of the big things that we do is, you know, in a concert we can't stop and restart the piece. And so, you know, learn to work through those issues. And then from the grading side of it, how, what kind of scale do you use to evaluate if a band director or someone is looking for a way to evaluate auditions, what, what do you use? Uh, yeah, I mean, it varies from place to place. I kind of just do my own scoring now. You know, I kind of break things into categories, um, tone, technique, um, whatever the individual elements are. So if we ask for some scales, then I'll rate each scale usually on a... Um, a one to ten kind of situation um, for um, for middle and high school band directors, beginning band directors out there that are are doing various things. I would I would look to your state organization, whether it's you know ILMEA, um, you know in Michigan it's MSBOA or in Mich uh, Massachusetts it's uh, MICA. Um, there's many different organizations out there that already have ready-made rubrics put together. Um, and that same rubric is great to give to your students in advance so they know what you're looking for and what they're going to be evaluated on. And then the last thing is after the bands are set, uh, the auditions are done, there's going to be disappointed students. Uh, what, what do you maybe say to a student that doesn't think they, they did as well in their audition as they should have uh, and that, that maybe doesn't define them as who they are as a musician? Yeah, I think you hit the nose on, or you hit the whatever the saying is, um, you hit it on the head there, um, which is, you know, this is how you play at one moment in time, and it doesn't define who you are as a musician. Um, and there are great lessons to be learned from the audition process in terms of how to prepare, in terms to how to overcome the nerves of it. Um, and so, you know, in general, I just try and be very honest with the student and look at 
um, what the evaluation was and so okay well you know looks like we weren't as prepared on X or Y um, there were some missed notes or there was you know um, you know as we went to the extremes of our registers our tone suffered or whatever the case might be um, and have discussions with them on the why but I always try to follow it up with the how to make it better um, and so give them that feedback that will then get them to the next level obviously it then goes into their hands to take that information and apply it but um, if we are being open about uh, you know the education I mean that's what we are we're educators if we're open about how to take them to the next level then at that point they have the tools necessary to get there a big thank you to Dr. Messina for joining us today now back to uh, Dan Dresser and one more time and thank you for joining on this episode and if you've made it this far we have one more favor to ask of you if you're getting this through iTunes please rate the podcast if you're grabbing it through the website please like the post and since you'll be on those sites doing that already if you could leave a comment we'd really appreciate it and if you like this episode you can help spread the word by sharing it on Facebook and other social media platforms that will go a long long way in getting more people to listen and enjoy this podcast and also a new announcement about the podcast is that we're going into an every other month format so bi-monthly format, six episodes per year. So the next episode will be in December about the history of band buildings throughout the country, especially of the Big Ten Conference. Uh, But also please consider following us on iTunes to make sure you don't miss anything. If you enjoyed today's show, if you want to stay current with Illinois bands between episodes, follow us on Facebook or join us on Instagram at Illinois underscore bands. And find us on Twitter at Illinois Bands. And you can always check out our website for more information, bands.illinois.edu. The executive producer of today's show is Dr. Anthony Messina, and the staff of the podcast includes co-host and occasional producer Daniel Dresser, producer Stephen Cohn, Emmett O'Brien, and Mary Allison Mahachuk who is also our script supervisor in the mixing of this episode and recording of segments is done by Zia Fox and Austin Foss Feinberg. Of course, none of this would be possible without the Illinois Bands faculty, Stephen Peterson, Director of Bands, Linda Morehouse, Senior Associate Director of Bands, Beth Peterson, Associate Director of Bands, and Barry Hauser, Associate Director of Bands and Director of Athletic Bands. And a big thank you to Dr. Anthony Messina, uh, the new Assistant Director of Athletic Bands, who joined us on this episode of the podcast. Illinois Bands is part of the School of Music at the University of Illinois and the College of Fine and Applied Arts. We would also like to thank Scott Schwartz, Dr. Delaney Chapman, and all the students that joined us on this episode for their contributions to this episode. We hope you'll join us next month in December on One More Time.